What's that? Polka? No. The metal. I just, I don't, why are metalheads so mean to me? Leave Brian alone. I just said one thing about an old man and everyone just started yelling at me. I just can't take it. The online hate, the online vitriol, vitriol? Yeah. The online vitriol was just too much. So I don't think I could ever do this podcast again. Brian. Yeah. You can't let the haters win. You have to rise above. Like like the cream? I got to rise to the top? You got to rise to the top. The chaff can stay at the bottom. The cream rises. The, cr- the cream rises. The, we're the cream. We're the cream, baby. We're the cream. We're the cream. We're the cream. We're the cream. And this is the Onslaught, baby, the world's only heavy metal podcast and the only place you can find valid opinions on our Twitter at the Onslaught Pod. The only podcast blocked by Mike Portnoy on Twitter. I, you know, I'm Brian, first of all. And I'm Fart. And I just, hmm, I, it does feel, you know, I don't want to talk about this too much. <laughs> Yes, I do. Uh, I, it, it does feel, though, that maybe we struck a chord. Now, again, Twitter, this is this is the whole thing about Twitter. Anybody can say anything. Yeah. Right. Sometimes you get blocked for hate speech if you talk about how you don't like a certain full group of people. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but you can say anything. And the deal with that is you then deal with the repercussions of what you said. Yeah. Now, an easy fix for that. Ignore it. Sure. Yep. Um. Another option is to use your platform of a hundred some thousand followers and to get them to pile on to a podcast Twitter account yeah. Yeah. with less than 50 mm-hmm. followers. Yeah. Now, one thing I want to say, I love it. I, as a, <laughs> I know, as yeah. a satire type comedy type podcast that also deals with metal, uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And well, as someone who likes to sh- stir the pot, Oh, oh! <laughs> can everyone see me drinking my coffee as uh, smugly as possible? And can everyone hear me rolling my eyes about it? <laughs> nah, it was funny. Come on. Come on. No publicity is bad publicity. You know how many people engaged with that tweet? Yeah. I mean, it was it was super funny to see. For those of you who don't know, <laughs> Portnoy, ex-drummer of Dream Theater, current drummer of Winery Dogs and a hundred thousand <laughs> other bands. <laughs> He's a he's a good musician and he's a good drummer. He's a great musician. I, I would put him in a top tier musician. Yeah. He tweeted that he'd never heard a Beyonce album. Now let me after he commented that she won her thirty second Grammy, making her the winningest Grammy artist of all time. Again, I'm gonna reiterate: you can say anything on Twitter, right? Yeah. Another caveat with that is people who read it can infer how you meant it. Right. I inferred it that yeah. he was very pleased with himself and very happy to be bragging that he had never heard Beyonce uh-huh. because again, this is my inference <laughs> right. that he's too cool. Yeah. And I, be- I true, I do truly believe that that is how he meant it. Sure. Go on. Well, Brian 
as the onslaught the onslaught twitter <laughs> responded quote tweeted, we responded and, <laughs> and said oh wow you're so cool what a totally not head up your ass thing to say it's it was so cool how it's so cool to not hear beyonce ever to t- tell everyone about it that's the coolest part is telling people about it and where it gets funny is when portnoy responded to that saying Oh, I bet your 49 followers really, yeah. really want to hear your opinion <laughs> yeah. about me. It's also very cool when uh, people <laughs> use a follower account as a social currency. I yeah. think that's also very normal <laughs> and not out of touch at all. You know what I mean? It's it's very it is legitimately funny to me when people do that. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, it, that is much more head up ass than not he- hearing because, again, I do get it. I don't know any country like who, who I do know country artists, uh-huh. but I the other just the other day or the other week, somebody was talking about somebody who's a very big country artist. I was like, I've never heard him um, like play play a song. They're like, oh, you must have played a song. I was like, yeah, I, I haven't. But I was like, I do like Brantley Gilbert or who, you know, who the fuck ever. Yeah. But I don't go on Twitter and be like, yeah, fucking a ne- Grammy, the most decorated Grammy artist ever. Yep. Never heard of her. Never heard of him. Sorry. Aren't I? something aren't i something anything see see <laughs> now i feel like you're understanding where i'm coming from the <laughs> most decorated artist in grammy history it just it, again grammys are made up doesn't really matter well what's funny to me is that clearly mike portnoy is in any measure of the word more successful than us <laughs> yes of course and he chose to punch down at us <laughs> Well, that's why it's not funny. Punching no, that's down what... is not funny. Punching up is funny. The fact that he did it is yes, funny. Yes, yes. I'm saying his actual... Yeah. No. It's, yep. it's dumb and stupid. He could have just not done that. He, he could have let it go in the wind. <laughs> most, most, when you, most people that tweet at celebrities, the celebrities do not respond. Yeah. Unless it's something like very, very stupid... Because I have seen a lot of where celebrities burn, and maybe we'll end up on like a Metal Sex article sometime of like biggest fucking Idi- metal idiots of all time. <laughs> yeah, uh, which would be fun. Oh, we, we might great. get over fifty followers. That'd be great. Um, but I, yeah, it is. It is very interesting when quote unquote celebrities. And again, I, I'm we're using that word here on the onslaught. If we go outside the onslaught and we say oh, Mike Portnoy, yeah, right? Who? Yeah, is that the governor that had a stroke? No, no, he looks like him. <laughs> So legitimately, we do love you, Mike. And uh, come on, I d- I think he's a great drummer, <laughs> right? Yeah, he is. And that is where I will stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just let it go next time, man. When when we're clearly ribbing you, not oh, you. Oh, not oh you, yeah, yeah, Mike. I'm yeah, talking yeah. to Mike. Thanks for listening. Yeah, just Mike. be cool, dude. Just let it we go. know you're a big fan. <laughs> just just let it go, homeboy. Just just. It is what it is. That's the price of fame. Hopefully you didn't lose too much sleep. <laughs> Think about that. Think about that. Wouldn't that be great? Obviously he blocked us. Yeah. Wouldn't that be great if he was falling asleep and he was like, I fucking can't believe. Oh, they got me. I fucking can't believe I stooped. I, I, I said something about their follower count. What the fuck? That's the dumbest tweet I've ever tweeted. And yet? Here we are. Here we are. So, Mike, we await your apology. <laughs> You can, you'll have to unblock us or you can write us a letter. Uh, both are acceptable. A, a physical letter. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, well, we do have some <laughs> actual heavy metal news as opposed to personal heavy metal news. I'm just saying, I've, I don't see Dream Theater as a, as a season one winner. So, well, he's not in Dream Theater anymore. So, I don't see Winery Dogs. 
or yeah. or or chin chin hair song right mr mr bungle i, I think he's in oh, mr God. bungle jesus christ he's in, a, he's in a couple of different things anyway um first and foremost i got to talk about the lamb of god and creator song it's cool it's a good song it it's, was it not only was it for charity but it was to kind of announce their tour together yep with municipal waste yep so originally they had the tour scheduled before covid um and it was Lamb of God creator co-headlining, I think, Municipal Waste, and then Power Trip was going to open. Um, unfortunately, Riley Gale, the lead singer of Power Trip, uh, passed away during COVID and yep. was unable to go on the tour with them. So now that the tour is actually happening, uh, Lamb of God creator put out this song called State of Unrest, and they're donating all the proceeds to... Um, a Dallas charity that uh, Riley worked with uh, a lot that supports LGBTQ youth, I believe. Yeah, I think they even changed the name of it, maybe, to the Riley last Oh, name. did they? Maybe. It could be a lie. It could just be in honor of. Yeah. But still a good still a good cause. Yeah, good cause, good song, good but, tour. Um, it's all overseas in, you know, those foreign parts where they drive on the other side of the road. Some of them do. Yeah. Not all of them. Yeah. But yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, it's great. It is a state of unrest here. So that's why they're touring over there. Oh, that's a smart move. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's why they did it. Yeah. So RIP Riley, Power Trip Rules, um, and good on Creator and Lamb of God. Yeah. And it's not a bad song. <laughs> Most importantly. Not a bad not song. Not a bad song. <laughs> Um, importantly to me, uh, Winter Sun has announced an update on <gasps> time too. Oh, you don't say. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm assuming because it's been years uh -huh. since they had an update that there would be progress made and they've kind of shown and, and given you a taste of what's to come and, and kind of laid out the exact timeline for time too, right? Yep. No. He's oh. working on it. Oh, what has he been doing? <laughs> Not working on it, oh. I guess. <laughs> what happened to that Kickstarter money? I, dude. <laughs> actually, I think the Kickstarter money went to time one or forest seasons. Sure, man. I guess. Yeah. Imagine being a musician with enough of a cult following that an album that was announced, what, eight years ago? Eight years ago, they announced Time after their first album came out in 2004. Yeah. And they released half of it yeah. a decade later. 2014. <laughs> so almost 20 years. Yeah. Well, okay. So imagine being a musician with a cult following enough that after you announce an album 20 years, it gets an update and the update is still working on it. <laughs> And people care. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's that's like that's Mozart levels of fame of cult following. Yeah. So it, I guess we'll see. It's frustrating because I I saw one time I follow them on Facebook. That's where they do all their like major updates. And I saw one time that he's got like a list of like four or five albums that he's working on. Buddy. And time two is like one of them. If everything's a priority, nothing's a priority. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Winter Sun, you know, 
follow us and we'll update you in 20 years when time two comes out well it, by then it might be time two part two of three because he'd be like <laughs> well actually oh my god I, i'm only able to get two songs out right now so uh, the other three will be boy 2050 yeah uh yeah anyway um did we talk about the necro goblicon tour i don't think we did they don't often get brought up on our show no but they live in the goblin verse <laughs> so they got a big tour coming with in fairy aether realm and hunt the dinosaur yeah uh the only one i haven't heard is hunt the dinosaur i haven't either but if we go see them in lawrence on satan's day just a quick 40 minute jaunt yep well we could go to st louis the day before nope <laughs> nope no please uh but yeah it's, it seems like it'll be a, a big tour um to has aether realm was were they in we season saw one? them we saw them live. no they were not in season one but we saw them live with unleash the archers who were in season yeah. one so they did get a bit of coverage because they um won both of us over and they won i know they won your brother over pretty big too oh yeah so big time yeah so in fairy season one hey man or season two season two still li- still, still live and kicking still in the bracket so maybe we can present them with an official plaque if they win at the show that would be fun that says, I, they would definitely not throw it away immediately after leaving the, the only venue. good band official from the onslaught it's, it sounds we like love a, you brian and Vargas. yeah it's a big plaque huh no i do that's you think, the only thing the plaque says do you think we have mike portnoy money to be just buying plaques <laughs> by plaque i meant printed paper oh okay that we just glue to some wood <laughs> yes. what is a plaque just but, nail it to a piece of wood yeah what is a plaque but a piece of paper glued to wood um did you just give us i mean the nails are still sticking out of the back yeah you gotta you be are real welcome. careful with that that's what makes it metal that's true <laughs> the more it hurts you the more metal it is yeah uh and the last bit of news i have is that bodum is working on a book yeah that'll be interesting because i kind of and i it what is it is it going to be a biography is it going to be like a i would imagine it a history of the band imagine if it's not though imagine if it's a fictionalized tale of the lake Bodum murders dope and the band is like in the background of it all and secretly it's them. the band is in the book wouldn't that be cool that'd be dope um yeah i'm stoked about that i will probably purchase it um i'm also very excited about their last show being released as that live album yeah yes really stoked about that definitely gonna get it um i would take some unreleased bodum tracks i know it's kind of it's that tricky ground between honoring the dead and and being um greedy yeah you know using it as a as a tool a selling tool yeah but i believe if the band members and alexi's estate all kind of agree then i don't think there's an issue with it they're the ones that get to decide you know yeah and I think it's it's cool because the band got an official like going away party in their hometown and yeah. through the concert and getting that released as an official release in honor of Alexi, I think is pretty good. A okay. Yeah. You know what else is A okay? <laughs> this podcast. Halloween and Cryptopsy. <laughs> oh, okay. Are both top tier. They are. Uh that's what we have this week. Halloween and Cryptopsy. And I I don't mind kicking it off this week. <laughs> okay. With the the masters of power metal, some would say the creators of power metal, the not the creator of, because they're both German. <laughs> right. So yeah, it's not yeah. like saying the creator of, but the is purveyor, is that a synonym for creation? I don't know. 
They're the origination of power metal. The original. Yeah. If anything, creator is the Halloween of thrash metal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. Right? I don't, yeah, I guess. I guess so. In Hamburg, Germany in 1982, there was a band called Iron Fist. Uh, Iron Fist was originally Halloween, uh-huh. uh, but they decided to change their name because at the same time, Motorhead had the album out called Iron Fist, and they kind of wanted to distance themselves and not make people think that it was just like a Motorhead cover band uh-huh. uh, or something like that. Uh, fun fact, they were indeed, and I think we've had this conversation, they were indeed named after the film Halloween. Oh, interesting. They decided okay. they didn't want to be the exact copy of it, so they were like, let's make it Halloween. Dope. So, uh, interesting change, but uh, a change nonetheless. Um, they appeared on a compilation album named, quote-unquote, Death Metal, with not Death Metal bands. They were with Running Wild, Halloween, or, yeah, I mean, yes, yeah. uh, Hellhammer, and Dark Avenger. Wait. Yeah. I have to process that lineup. Yep. Running wild, yep. Halloween, yep. You flip over the tape, mm-hmm. <laughs> Hellhammer, and it's Hellhammer and Dark Avenger and Dark Avenger on a on a on a EP called Death Metal. Yeah, I mean, Hellhammer EP. fits, sure, kind of. I've never heard Dark Avenger. No, I. But I'm either. assuming that that sounds like a thrash metal band. Let's roll with that. Right? But I know for a fact that both Halloween and uh, Running. Running Wild are not death metal. Yeah, that sounds like a misprint. But whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I definitely would have bought that if I was in Germany and saw yeah. it because it was a very like gory cover. It's very cool. Um, so they started as more of kind of a speed thrash metal band, similar to Blind Guardian, how that, you know, they kind of started with their thrash roots. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kai, Kai Hansen, uh, had those more traditional kind of thrash vocals. Excuse me. Uh, they had a short lived mascot with Fang Face on their first EP. Um, and it was a, the guy from Walls of Jericho, basically. Oh, yeah. Coming out of a pumpkin. Dope. They decided to keep the pumpkin. Walls of Jericho came. They still use Fang Face. Yeah. After that, you know, the keeper of the Seven Keys era, you can't see the face anymore. Some people think it's still Fang Face. Oh. But just with the stars in his hood. Yeah, he, of, he John, pulled a John Cena. Yeah, you can't see him. Um, so their neoclassical approach uh, is very apparent whenever you listen to them, and it's what kind of set them apart uh, from their cohorts their peers and it kind of gives them that first power metal um tinge mm-hmm. on their first album walls of jericho um after that keeper of the seven keys they kind of found their sound um and that's kind of when people are like oh this is power metal mm-hmm. i don't think it was called that. i don't i still can't find like when someone coined it because again a lot of underground like tape trading record stores it's yeah. like oh man it's kind of it's not really like classical metal but it's not really thrash metal it's like like more powerful than thrash you know, like power metal kind of that's probably how it probably how it happened probably how it happened um so after walls of jericho came out um they soon recruited kiski michael kiski i think it's michael i just have kiski on here he was 18 years old at the time they, insane they, it is insane they approached him right so they have the ep and they have walls of jericho Kiski was not really interested, which to me is pretty weird that an 18-year-old wouldn't want to be in a metal band if you're a fan of metal. Yeah. But then they had some, they recorded like three or four songs. They brought Kiski in. They were like, we wrote these specifically for you. Uh And it was kind of more of that power metal sound. Kiski joined. So 
their second album, Keeper of the Seven Keys Part One. Uh, again, like I said, this is when they really established that kind of Halloween sound that we all know. And this is widely regarded as the first power metal album. I'm sure there's some fedoras out there that might disagree and talk about <laughs> something that came out two years before. Uh, but as metal fans, widely regarded yeah. as the first power metal album. Um, they initially wanted it to be a double album, but that was nixed by the record company, hence part two, part one, part two. Dude, can you imagine if Keeper of the Seven Keys was those two albums released at the same time? Right, a double album? That would have blown everyone's balls off. Um, the So the music video for the track Halloween, 13-minute uh-huh. epic. I think a lot of people, a lot of Halloween fans would be familiar with it. Yeah. Um, they would also be familiar with the fact that it was edited down to five minutes for the music video. Yeah. And made no sense, right. both visually and audibly. It was not a great edit. Yeah. Um, part two came out in 1988. Great year for metal. Yep. Um, uh, the guitarist, I didn't write his name down. The guitarist uh, was the, that was not. This it was the second guitarist. Okay. Um, he wrote the song "I Want Out" specifically because he was struggling with having feelings of wanting out of the band. <laughs> oh. You imagine he shows up to practice and he's like, guys, I wrote this song. I want out. Yeah. And they're all like, oh, sick. Oh, Let's cool, hear cool. it. <laughs> What's it just, about? He's just staring at them the whole time he's playing it. Uh, so yeah. So it wasn't Kai because Kai stayed in the band. Again, Kai yeah. stayed in the band. He played guitar during Walls of Jericho. He was playing and singing. Guitar was becoming a little too hard to play while singing yeah. um, with all their new neoclassical type um writing um the, it was the other guitarist but that but also that same year is when kai left to go form gamma ray I've never heard of that <laughs> uh in 1991 new record label um this is when it gets weird okay the 90s for i think a lot of metal sure. like this just yeah. follows that pattern of metal bands kind of d- doing whatever they want in the 90s uh-huh. um they released uh the album pink bubbles go ape yeah, that, now, that classic. That classic featuring the song Heavy Metal Hamsters. Again, okay, so Halloween has never really taken themselves uh, very seriously. They've always had that like weird German sense of humor that yeah. uh, a lot of us Americans don't get. Yeah. Being mostly German myself, I do find a lot of it funny. I'm like, oh, I see why they think it's funny, but it's like it's just weird. Yeah, like you speak that it's funny or you understand why it's funny, but you don't speak why it's funny. Yes, yeah. correct. Um, it, it was definitely just a lack of direction. The band that they, they didn't want to be them old their old selves. So they were just kind of it really does feel like they were just kind of dicking around uh-huh. um, because after that chameleon, which was basically just an experimental butt rock album. Yeah. Uh, or maybe weird hair metal at best. Um, they had a little lineup shakeup in 93, and then they released Master of the Rings in 94, kind of back to that classic uh, Halloween sound, the first, like, quote-unquote, classic Halloween without uh, without Kiski on vocals. Yeah. Um, then the Time of the Oath continues the the Halloween banner, banner. It's a bit underwhelming, but it's still kind of moving in that, back in that correct direction. Yeah, sounding like a band. Yes, cor- yeah, uh, and a... And a metal band at that uh they released uh in 98 they released better than raw and then in 99 comes metal jukebox which is just a mashup of it's a cover album yeah but it's just a matchup of songs and it did not do great yeah in 2000 however uh my first exposure i not in 2000 but my first exposure to the band with the release the dark ride um, it was their first album in nuclear blast records definitely a darker take on what they had been doing um it wasn't as flourishy and neoclassical but it, it still had that classic halloween sound just a, a little bit darker 
they had another lineup change um, and released Rabbits Don't Come Easy in 2003. Uh, that's important because their drummer was sick for all but two of the tracks. And Mikey D filled in from, um, oh God, I'm blanking, Priest and... Oh, okay. <sighs> Priest and another big one. Yeah. Uh, we listen to metal here. Uh, we're, we know everything about it. <clears throat> In 2009, they released their 25th anniversary. Uh, it was a rearranged collection. And when I say rearranged, there was like jazz versions of their shit. Like it was weird. Yeah. It was them being weird again. Uh, but after that, they had really, really solid uh, run of records. They had their 17th album in 2010 was Seven Sinners, uh, which a lot of fans kind of recognize as being back to their roots. Um, and they had a lot of heavy ass bangers on that one. 2014, uh, straight out of hell. Um, and then in 20, uh, that same year in 2014 in rock and Rio, Kai mm -hmm. came back to do some vocal, uh, some songs. So, cause Gamma Ray was also at rock and Rio. That's dope. So he did some songs with them and then again, that's where it gets blows me out of the water. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because in, in 2017 pumpkins United featuring, it was a single Yeah. and it featured all three of the former and current vocalists. So you had Kiski, Hanson, and Andy Duris, their vocalist for most of this yeah. um, time. Then, instead of just doing a one-off, they toured with that lineup, all with, seven members. With Kai Hanson, yes. too? I thought they just had the two guys. No, they toured with all with seven. three vocalists. Yep. And then, in 2021, two years ago, mm -hmm. they released their self-titled album, yeah. Halloween, really fucking good. Yeah. Has all three vocalists. That's wild. It blew me away because I knew that there was like, when you listen to that album, it's like, oh yeah, I know that I can tell something. Cause, okay, so full disclosure, when Halloween comes around, I'm like, okay, it's going to be Halloween. Yeah. Besides those fucking four albums, <laughs> I know what it's going to sound like. Yeah. Right? But I, I guess I missed the whole part where they recorded an album with all three of their old vocalists. Yeah. And as far as I know, I could be wrong on this. I'm pretty sure they're all still in that band today. Yeah. So we could be getting another Halloween album with three vocalists all from Halloween. <laughs> That's wild. And they're all similar enough, but they all have differing styles yeah. to like differentiate themselves enough yeah. um, to make it enjoyable and not just like superfluous. Yeah. So that's the story of Halloween. Uh, you know, with, with a band like this, you talk about how, like how weird some of their albums are, but with a band like this, when it's like, Oh, they invented power metal. It's like, do you think a band that invents a genre is going to just keep making the same similar albums over and over again? Well, you that's know? time and time again in interviews, whenever uh, you'd get to a part where like, oh, that's a big departure. Oh, that's a big departure. The band would always say, we're going to do whatever the fuck we want, which yeah. I think more bands need to do that. Uh, Mastodon's really good at that. They've always been kind of in the same vein. You know, I think collectively you and I were both sort of disappointed by their most recent release. Yeah. No band wants to make the same album over and over again. Right. At least the successful ones don't. Except the Modern Earth. But they found success because of that. And then, so it's either, yeah, I guess you lean in or it's like, no, like we, just because we make a, an album that sounds nothing like our previous album, it shouldn't. It's not the same album. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's them. That's Halloween. That's insane. I thought they had two vocalists, but the fact that, because I, I didn't realize Kai Hansen came back to do like Pumpkins United and stuff. Yeah, and uh, just I thought it was I always thought it was a one-off. Yeah, 
because um, again, self admittedly, yeah. I haven't listened to a lot of Halloween uh, before recording this. Um, so I thought it was a one off. But they, uh, the fact that they toured before releasing this album, yeah, was a little bit crazier to me. Then, are you more of a Halloween fan after researching them? Yes, I am. <laughs> That's good because I mean, again, they've always been good. You have to credit the quote unquote origin of of power metal. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think I, I think I just kind of like left it on the back burner. Like, yeah, I know enough. Yeah, I was the same way. I know Keeper. I know. Yeah, you know, I know the big ones. But yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Now let's uh, let's shift it into a little bit of a different gear. Slightly different. <laughs> Cryptopsy. Uh, Cryptopsy was formed in 1988. Did you know they were that old? Um, I think we had talked about it off in a pre-production meeting. Yeah. Um, so that's why I know. Yeah. Like I said, I mentioned it in the thing. 1988 was a good year it for metal. It was a good year. Uh, they were originally formed as Obsessive Compulsive Disorder because everyone's in a high school band once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And yep. that's what you have to name. You have to name your band something dumb. Uh, then they changed their name to Necrosis, and they recorded a few demos, uh, one of which you can find on YouTube if you search hard enough. Uh, the early stuff is pretty standard, late 80s death metal, in that it sounds like Cannibal Corpse took recording notes from Mayhem. <laughs> it's a really good production quality. So good. <laughs> so good. Um, no, it doesn't sound great, but it does provide a little glimpse kind of into what cryptopsy is going to sound like um even though none of the members of necrosis would continue in cryptopsy past 1999 um but you can find some interesting comparisons like if if you're listening if you're into that stuff um there are some surprising uh i guess for the time and genre melodic guitar parts that definitely take inspiration from what like death and carcass were doing at the time. Um, stuff like lack of comprehension from death and incarnated solvent abuse from carcass, but more like black metal leaning. If you've listened to cryptopsy anyway, and if you haven't, you should, and then you'll get it. Yeah. So whatever, if you're, if you're interested in old weird metal tracks, go check out, uh, necrosis's demo on youtube uh anyway necrosis uh ceased to be after their drummer and founding member mike atkin quit and was replaced by mr cryptopsy himself flo mornier who remains the only member of the band who's stayed with them since is he french yeah yeah he was born in france but the band is canadian yeah so which makes sense there's a lot of french canadians there <laughs> there are it's a whole thing it's a, a thing it's a whole deal uh, the first time or the first true cryptopsy released was a demo called ungentle exhumation in 1993. I love old school death. Let's just find the, let's find the, the, the goriest three syllable words and mash them up. Dude, we're going to, we're going to get into it. Cryptopsy has the best album names of all time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So ungentle exhumation was released in 93, which were, uh, impressed a local label called Gore records. Hell yeah. Nice and straightforward. Yep. Uh, who would re-release the demo and manage the band for a short time. Um, after the relative success of their demo, Cryptopsy would release their first full album called Blasphemy Made Flesh in 1994, which they would eventually license to a German label called Invasion Records, then eventually signed to a Dutch label called Dis- <laughs> Displeased Records. Sure. Which cracks me up, because I don't know what mm, Dutch I'm sounds like. Displeased. I don't know what Dutch sounds like, but I picture the Swedish chef just going, displeased records. 
I picture a Bond villain. Oh, yes. You know? Yeah, yeah. I am displeased. I am displeased with this record. <laughs> That's not... It's Russian. Yeah, neither of us nailed that Dutch accent, no. but you get it. If you're Dutch, call us. Go watch Goldfinger. There was a, I, I'm I guessing, wildly inappropriate Dutch accent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You get it. Yeah. Mike Myers. Yeah. Doing a very subtle... Gold member. I don't know if I said Goldfinger. Gold yeah. member. Yeah. Yes. Very subtle, as Mike Myers is known for, yeah. a very subtle accent. Down to earth. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. Um, so Invasion Records released the album. D- Displeased Records financed the tour supporting uh, Blasphemy Made Flesh. So they had a couple of lineup shakeups and changed to yet another label. Um, and Cryptopsy would release their second full length and certified banger, None So Vile, in 1996. Check. Cool name, check. <laughs> cool name, check. Uh, Vile changed the Cryptopsy formula by incorporating um, some kind of funk slap bass sound. Um, and this is going to be an ongoing theme. I don't talk about it a lot, but just know that Cryptopsy is not a band to rest on their laurels. They change their sound all the time. Yeah, well, good. We just talked about it. Your albums should sound different. Yeah, and I'm going to talk about more stuff later. But um, their their funk bit slap bass um, came courtesy of their new bassist, Eric Langosis, who would be with them for a long time um, and continued pushing the band into more progressive territory away from that, like, Cannibal Corpse style death metal stuff. Um, so f- fans and critics alike were flocking to Cryptopsy, and the band had their first big U.S. festival appearance at Jamie Josta's own Milwaukee Metal Fest. Yeah, which is this year. We talked about it last week. Uh, yeah. Shaping up to be a real fucking party. Yeah, it's going to be wild. Um, and so that to think that Milwaukee Metal Fest had Cryptopsy's first U.S. show. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's pretty neat. Um, unfortunately... 1997 also saw a huge change in the lineup for the band when Lord Worm, uh, founding member and lead vocalist, was forced to quit due to health concerns. Is it Lord Worm? Like, is it a title? Yeah. Okay. That's not his name. Well, we don't know. We do. It's it's not his name. It's his stage name. Lord Worm. He is Lord Worm. Um, So you keep saying it, though, like a name. Lord Worm. Lord. Title. Thank you. (laughs) Sorry. Lord Worm. Thank you. Uh, the band's next album, Whisper Supremacy, came out in 1998 and incorporated jazz and fusion elements and more hardcore-inspired inspired vocals, courtesy of their new frontman. Okay. So they've moved now from pretty much straight-up death metal into jazz fusion-inspired technical death with more hardcore vocals. That's the natural next step. That's the progression. Yep. Just look at every other death metal band. Yep. Amon Marth did it. <laughs> death did it. Yeah. Cannibal Corpse is doing it currently. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh-huh. Six feet under. Mm-hmm. All of them. Yep. Uh, the first album in the new millennium uh, was the excellently titled And Then You'll Beg, uh, which interestingly features the only track from the band's demo that didn't get re-recorded for their first album called back to the worms lord worms i guess the worms could be the subjects of lord worm i would assume so. one would presume yep since he is the lord worm uh after and then you'll beg 
The band lost another vocalist, but in 2002 released the also excellently titled None So Live. Are you sure it's None So Live? I'm assuming it's live. We could have this. This is a separate debate. Because it's a live album. Mm, interesting. But it's also funny because it's just None So Vile. It's it's vile oh, all just rearranged. Yeah, that is cool. That's I funny, guess. right? I guess. Sure. It's very. It's a Canadian funny. Yeah, that's a Devin Townsend joke. Yep. Definitely. Um, so None So Live was, uh, or Love, <laughs> Love None So Live, I guess, was a live album recorded uh, during a concert in their hometown of Montreal. None So Live is the only official fr- release to feature vocalist Martin LaCroix because he wasn't fluent enough in English to write lyrics. Oh. Well. That language barriers lead to to great things. Yeah. He was fluent enough in English to sing the songs. Yeah. But not, but not write lyrics. He can't think of them. Yeah. He can say them. Kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, but he did, after getting, I don't know, removed from the band, quitting the band, it was like mutual. Okay. Um, Breaking up. Yeah. He became a tattoo artist and illustrator, and he actually did the cover art for their next album. So it was amicable. It was amicable. Uh, and that album was uh um once was not and they were rejoined by lord worm good interesting glad he's back in power <laughs> he's he's back on the throne the throne of worms um and in another change for the band this time in terms of their lyrics um features lyrics about war famine and plagues as opposed to <laughs> the gore and sex which are traditional lord worm subjects <laughs> okay you know yeah he, he he's matured Yes, he's very mature now. His abdication time really the helped exile. him progress. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so 2008 saw easily the biggest change in Cryptopsy's ever-evolving sound with the release of The Unspoken King. I've talked about this a it, lot on this show. Is it the one we've been talking about? Lord Worm? Oh, The King? Mm-hmm. I don't... It could be, I guess. He's not on the throne anymore as of Unspoken King. Maybe so maybe that's was, why they don't speak of him. Yeah. Or it was during his time away maybe maybe um but so i've talked a lot about this album and how divisive it is amongst fans um but i think it bears repeating how different this album is featuring like hardcore screams clean vocals keyboard parts um obviously the excellent drum work from flow is pretty standard so they went from jazz fusion tech death hardcore to more of tech death with keyboards it's it's fusion a lot of people would say it's not even a death metal album it's a death core album and i know i I know i I don't have the the mental bandwidth to get into this conversation right now i know it's splitting hairs but a lot of people would say that unspoken king is closer to like white chapel than it is even early cryptopsy okay (laughs) i will let them have their opinions (laughs) okay uh but because of that the album wasn't really well received by fans yeah you know a lot of them had a lot of beard on their neck anytime you add a core into something the fans of quote-unquote death metal are not happy about it yeah um but as always i would challenge anyone who doesn't think highly of this album to try and go at it with you know a clean slate because it's really fucking good. I've seen you challenge people physically about it. Yeah. 
I that's why I carry it in my pocket at all times. Yeah. So, so I can literally rub it in their face. Yes. After you win the challenge. <laughs> yeah. Um, so to date, 2012 saw Cryptopsy's last full length release, their self-titled Cryptopsy. Um, and it's far more straight death metal again. They got rid of a lot of the hardcore stuff, the deathcore stuff. They got rid of the core. No keys. Yeah. You know, no clean vocals. Um, but it's the same lineup, which is interesting. So I think that shows how good their current singer is. A guy named Matt, Matt, <laughs> Matt McGrath, I want to say. Okay. Um, but that that he can do that deathcore stuff with clean vocals and then flip around and do the straight death metal stuff. Yeah, it's 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 actually surprising how many death metal vocalists are good at singing. Yeah. Um so that was their last full length release it was in 2012, although they did release two EPs after getting um successfully crowdfunded, uh Tome 1 and Tome 2 in 2018 or 2015 and 2018 respectively. Um but they are still active. Um I'm sure COVID didn't do them any favors, but as of 2022 they appear to be recording new material. Um, they've posted updates to Facebook pages and stuff showing, you know, bass part trackings and stuff like that. Although it was like last summer. So, well, who the knows? Canadian winter is cold. You know, they're yeah. probably they're, they're, slows the internet down. slows down when it's so cold <laughs> out there. Yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they uh, go back to kind of the quote unquote core stuff or yeah. if they do it more straightforward. Yeah. Um, I, I, the nice part about Cryptopsy is you know you're going to get a, a death metal album, obviously, but it's going to be something pretty fresh and pretty new. Yeah. From Cryptopsy. From Cryptopsy. Well, there you have it. Halloween versus Cryptopsy to, um, well, one creator of a genre and one... Innovator. Mm, innovator. Nice. Good. Uh, make sure to vote at the Onslaught Pod on twitter and instagram you got it you got it do you ever have like little strokes what and at the onslaught podcast at gmail.com uh we need you to vote we love you to vote um if any of you can get mike portnoy to also vote like trick him into it that would be dope like don't let him see that it's our poll yeah because he can't because he can't but if you do your poll and then report to us You know, just tweet at him day in and day out. Be like, which whose band's better? Which band's better? Yeah. Eventually, he will engage. We've seen that. Right. He will engage. Um, so do that. Um, and hey, remember, <laughs> if your favorite band is Dream Theater, back uh, a few years ago, when yeah. did he leave? Like 2000 something. If your favorite band is Dream Theater pre-2000, uh, your favorite band sucks. 